Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Connie. Today is Tuesday, August 22nd, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. In Riverside today, brace yourself for mainly sunny skies with a high of 89.7 degrees and a low going down to 64.6, making it just right for outdoor activities. Now, on to the news waiting to unfold. We begin with politics, as former President Donald Trump is set to surrender in Georgia this Thursday, facing charges related to attempts to overturn the 2020 election. This is a developing story that we will keep a close eye on. On the domestic front, a bit of airborne drama. Alaska Airlines flight delivers a cliffhanger in making a hard landing during Tropical Storm Hillary at John Wayne Airport. More on this story to come. In the business world, Microsoft and Activision Blizzard, game industry giants, are reconstructing their massive $69 billion deal to appease UK regulatory concerns. We'll have the details on what this could mean for the future of gaming. And finally, in sports, a reason to cheer. Sha'Carri Richardson is back on track, making a triumphant comeback and winning the 100-meter world title. We'll bring you all the exhilarating moments of this exemplary attack. All these stories and more await in our main broadcast. Now let's get into it. On to our first story of the day. Former President Donald Trump is facing some serious charges in Georgia in relation to his efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Our reporter Elias has the latest on this case. Elias, what can you share about this unprecedented event? Well, Connie, in what is certainly making national headlines, Trump has declared via his own social media network that he will be surrendering to authorities in Georgia this coming Thursday. A number of trusted sources have been following this developing story, including the Associated Press, PBS NewsHour, Atlanta News First, NBC News, and NPR. So Elias, what kind of legal battle is Mr. Trump potentially looking at here? Trump and his allies face allegations of violating Georgia's racketeer-influenced and corrupt organizations, better known as RICO Law, as well as other charges connected to attempts to overturn election results. They stand accused of illegally scheming to subvert the will of voters, which is quite a serious claim. Can you break down the specific terms of Trump's release on bond for us? Certainly, Connie. Trump's bond, which has been set at $200,000, comes with stringent conditions. These include that he specifically cannot intimidate co-defendants, witnesses, or any victims via social media channels. In fact, such terms extend to others implicated in the case. It sounds like there's a wide net as it pertains to who's involved in this case. That's right, Connie. In fact, alongside Trump, arraignments have been proposed for his 18 co-defendants, which are set to take place during the week of September 5th, with trials expected to start in March next year. Now, Elias, Fulton County officials are preparing for Trump's surrender. How are they handling the situation? The authorities aren't taking any chances, Connie. The Fulton County Sheriff's Office disclosed that there would be a hard lockdown of the vicinity around the main county jail when Trump finally gives himself over. Now, aside from the charges, this has potential implications for Mr. Trump's future political ambitions, correct? Yes, despite these legal hurdles, Trump remains a favored candidate for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination. He's denied any wrongdoing, 
and even projected these charges as politically driven attempts to undermine his possible campaign. Certainly an important story to watch. We'll keep our viewers updated as it progresses. Thanks for the details, Elias. My pleasure, Connie. Worth remembering we're talking about an ex-president facing criminal charges tied to election meddling, so the wider consequences regarding our democratic process and the integrity of future elections can't be overstated. We have a developing story about an Alaska Airlines flight that had quite the catastrophic landing during Tropical Storm Hillary. Our news reporter Grace has been gathering details on this. Grace, can you bring us up to speed with what happened? Absolutely, Connie. The plane was en route from Seattle to Santa Ana when it made a hard fall at the John Wayne Airport in Orange County, California. This incident transpired on Sunday night in the midst of Tropical Storm Hillary, which made the landing quite challenging due to poor weather conditions. According to both the NPR News and CBS Los Angeles, the plane experienced a problem with its landing gear that caused the left wing to drag on the ground during the landing. That sounds terrifying. Were any of the passengers able to capture the situation as it unfolded? Indeed they were, Connie. There are videos circulating that were taken by the passengers on board. You can hear screams in the background indicative of the frightening experience. They reported a good deal of shaking during the final approach, but there was no announcement for them to brace for impact. And how about the passengers and crew? Luckily, all 106 passengers and six crew members were safely evacuated and transported to the terminal, with no injuries reported at this time. The aircraft, however, remained on the runway, significantly damaged, with one engine on the ground and the landing gear not visible. Has there been any speculation about what might have caused such a severe landing? Well, a conversation that is making rounds from Captain Ross Ame, a retired pilot and aviation expert, says that the pilots may not have expected the severity of the landing due to potential wind shear and wet runway conditions. The runway at John Wayne Airport is noted for its short length 5,700 feet, which often necessitates pilots use near full power to ensure enough momentum. I can assume Alaska Airlines has spoken up about this? Yes, Connie. Alaska Airlines did release a statement reaffirming their commitment to passenger safety and confirming their maintenance and safety teams would be carrying out an in-depth examination of the aircraft. Meanwhile, the National Transportation Safety Board, as of the time of reporting, had not initiated an investigation. Has this incident attracted a much broader media attention? It certainly has, Connie. Footage and images of the damaged aircraft, along with stormy weather conditions, have been shared widely on news outlets and social media platforms. Several sources, including but not limited to NPR News, CBS Los Angeles, and a blog called Simple Flying, have given coverage and information on the occurrence. It's such a relief everyone got out unscathed. Thanks for the report, Grace. Absolutely, Connie. You bet. Tech giant Microsoft and heavyweight game developer Activision Blizzard are going through some aggressive maneuvers in their proposed $69 billion gaming deal to secure approval from the Competition and Markets Authority, otherwise known as the CMA, in the UK. Ethan, our technology correspondent, is joining me to examine this unfolding story. Ethan, can you lay out the modifications being made to this deal? Absolutely, Connie. Microsoft and Activision Blizzard facing opposition from the CMA regarding the acquisition, are selling their streaming rights to a French gaming rival, Ubisoft Entertainment. 
This decision was obviously taken due to that roadblock that the CMA had put up. Concerns were raised about Microsoft potentially having too much control in the cloud gaming market, right? You're correct, Connie. The CMA initially forwarded this acquisition over concerns about Microsoft's dominance in the cloud gaming market. Without the restructuring, Microsoft would have secured the exclusive rights to release Activision games on its own cloud streaming service, Xbox Cloud Gaming. So now what does the deal look like? The revised deal will see Ubisoft acquiring the cloud streaming rights for Activision's existing PC and console games, along with any new games that will be released in the next 15 years. Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard must first be fully executed before this modified deal becomes operational, Connie. The tech industry keeping a keen eye on the independent regulator, I believe. What's the CMA planning to do next with this convoluted situation? Yes, the CMA is going to evaluate the new proposal. This review handed the CMA a significant victory, given its worries about competition in the cloud gaming market. The CMA also plans to engage with third parties before making a final ruling, which should occur by October 18th. And how about internationally? Are there any conflicts or rather endorsements regarding this deal? Very notably, Connie, the European Union has accepted the original deal after Microsoft assured Activision's games licensing to other platforms. This ensures continued competition and market choice. However, it's worth mentioning the U.S. Federal Trade Commission's opposition, illustrating the global significance of this proposed acquisition. So, stepping back, what significance does this hold for gaming consumers, especially with Ubisoft obtaining the streaming rights? Well, Ubisoft now holds the keys to hugely popular games like Call of Duty. Ubisoft Plus subscription service is going to offer access to a massive array of Activision Blizzard games across multiple platforms, which includes PC, Xbox consoles, the emerging Amazon Luna, and PlayStation platforms. With cloud gaming offering increased accessibility, players can indulge in these games on various devices, expanding hardware options. It's not just confining to the UK, though. The international implications of this whole deal have been considerable. Yes, Connie, it's certainly a drama that's unfolding on a global stage. The newly restructured deal, with Ubisoft stepping in to acquire cloud streaming rights, has been designed specifically to placate the concerns of the UK's CMA and secure approval for the Microsoft Activision Blizzard acquisition. Thank you, Ethan. It's a complex and fascinating story and we appreciate your thorough coverage on it. Sources include Reuters, Ubisoft News, GOV UK, and Microsoft's own blog, On the Issues. We're moving now to the next subject in our lineup, Story 4 of 4, so do stay tuned. For our final story, we turn to the world of athletics where the word of the day, ladies and gentlemen, is comeback. American sprinter Shakari Richardson has lived this term in full color, just recently winning the 100-meter world title at the World Athletics Championships held in Budapest. Chloe, a lot to unpack from this story, right? Absolutely, Connie. Richardson's victory was quite the feat, especially considering she was unable to compete in the Tokyo Olympics due to testing positive for marijuana. Her return to form has been remarkable as she completed the 100-meter race in a personal best time of 10.65 seconds, a performance reported by NBC News that firmly cements her as a medal contender for the upcoming Paris Olympics in 2024. And that's quite the turnaround. However, it was not all smooth sailing for Richardson, right? Certainly, Connie. It is worth mentioning that Richardson's place in the final wasn't initially a sure thing. 
As ESPN highlights, she initially failed to secure one of the two automatic qualifying spots from her semifinal heat. That being said, she demonstrated her determination and prowess in the final, defeating notable contestants like Jamaican sprinters Sharika Jackson and Shelly Ann Fraser-Price. Now considering her absence from the Tokyo Olympics, this must hold particular significance. Can you discuss the implications of her victory? Definitely. As Runner's World points out, her previous suspension from the Tokyo Olympics followed a positive test for THC, the active component of cannabis. But Richardson was undeterred, accepting responsibility and even attributing her actions to coping with the stress of losing her mother. After a full investigation, Richardson stayed focused and not only earned her way back to track, but remarkably won the U.S. 100-meter title last month. Her triumph seems to revolve around a central theme of perseverance and resilience. Yes, in fact, Richardson's own words echo that sentiment. CNN reports that after her win in Budapest, she expressed profound gratitude and emphasized the importance of hard work paying off. It's not just about the win, it's about overcoming personal trials and tribulations, which is a sentiment many athletes can relate to. There has been mention of Richardson's status as an underdog. Could you elaborate on that? Yes, NBC Bay Area highlights that going into this competition, she was listed as a 5-to-1 underdog, but she defied those odds. She matched this year's best time and set a new record for the world championship. This was her first major global event since the Tokyo Olympics, which makes it even more impressive. And this wasn't just a straight sprint to the finish line for Richardson, was it? You're right, Connie. After a shaky semifinal, Richardson managed to overcome the challenges and emerge as the champion. As detailed by NBC Sports, she improved her start during a quick 10-minute interval between rounds and delivered a spectacular result. What's more, she achieved this victory from the farthest outside lane, a feat unheard of in women's 100 meters at this level. And this victory has bigger implications for Richardson moving forward, correct? Yes, after this victory, Richardson inevitably becomes a top contender for the Paris Olympics in 2024. Her story of resilience and determination only inspires people more, and people are now looking forward to seeing her continue to excel in the athletics world. Her comeback is truly remarkable. Thanks for giving us such a detailed breakdown of her journey, Chloe. My pleasure, Connie. It's always thrilling to follow, report, and share such inspirational stories with our viewers. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, 11 Labs, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.